Peaky Blinders, what a show, what a podcast. Welcome in, by order of the Peaky Blinders. I'm Daniel, he's Josh. We're happy to be with you once again here in the heart of March, in the peak, if you might want to say, of this offseason. Josh, it has been a long time since we started this podcast. Does it feel like a long time ago for you when we were breaking down every single episode of season five? And remember, we were rushing, we were rushing to finish our rewatch in time for the release of the UK of Peaky Blinders. And it was, it was a little stressful there at the end of season four for our rewatching. It absolutely was. And now we wish that we were rushing. We wish that we were stressing out about, you know, finishing season four so that, or, and finishing our rewatch so we can get it in time. And I mean, there's a lot of news that's been coming out, hopefully foreshadowing that it's coming up sooner than we actually think. And I'm excited. No doubt about it. And so in this episode, we're going to really get a, a hodgepodge here. We're going to talk a little bit about some announcements that have come out. There hasn't been too much filming leaks in the last week or so since our since our last episode. We did record over on patreon.com slash by order of Peaky and broke down a lot of the sensational posts on Twitter, on Instagram that have really blown up the hype around Peaky Blinders here as we may be nearing, you know, the halfway point of filming. I think I saw that the post by Anthony Byrne that they were at day like 30 of 80. And that was a couple weeks ago. So if they are on time and everything is moving, you know, swiftly and the wheels are turning properly, I'm still holding out hope that we get Peaky Blinders around Halloween, maybe, you know, just before Thanksgiving and that's really that's really not that far away, all things that's considered, not, Josh. That's really not bad at all. I thought it was going to be like January. So fingers crossed. Hope you're right, because that would be perfect. So I do want to uh, start off with a couple of quotes that have come out from Anthony Burns' Twitter and from Peaky Blinders Season 6, which is our go-to hive of information in this era. And uh, the first one was from Conrad Khan, who is the newly announced star kid in season six, we don't know if he's a star, but they said he's a leading role. He's one of the more promising British actors. We were we did we had an episode a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen where we guessed who Conrad Khan might be. And so this is a cool little one. It was he was quoted saying, I was so nervous on my first day. I was sitting in my trailer, biting my nails, reading my book, trying to distract myself. I have to kill someone in it and manhandled a few guns on set, which was fun. When Peaky Blinders happens, I'll, I'll have to get Hollywood big dick sunglasses. My current look <laughs> is down to Peaky Blinders. <laughs> and he explains, my hair is short and they've cut scars into it, see? But it's not a Peaky Blinders haircut. So take from that what you will about my role. He smiles, um, meaning madly. I've had to style it so I don't look like a complete rabbit. Oh boy, that is just I don't even kindling, kindling I don't even for the fire. I don't even know like what that means to be honest. So, I mean, I guess take that as you will, but it's, it's something, it's not nothing. It's something. Well, first off, I mean, he kills someone. So like right. we, we know that he is right but in the heart not- of like the gang style. I'm saying he's not some like, he's not well, some 
what according to you he's some straggler on the street that is going to be taken I'm, under tommy's wing that i'm i'm going strong with my guess that tommy has not initiated him into the peaky blinders so he doesn't have the peaky haircut but i this quote makes me happy because i am holding strong that this is a red herring it's not anyone's kid it's not a shelby you know family member instead it is someone that Tommy has, you know, found and maybe turned into a little prodigy of his own. Now he does have his own son, Charlie, and we don't really know how old he is, but you know, there's always that trope where it's like the son gets jealous because the dad takes someone else under his wing. I, I could feel that coming from Stephen Knight here. Yeah, but I think that'd be a little corny and I don't think Stephen Knight's in, into corny. So that's a good point. That's a good point. It's going to be something that that you that is weird and that you're not expecting. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it could just be a completely different storyline that right. takes place. Like, and, and you know, I would love that Game of Thrones style, where you just get introduced to a new character who we don't get a connection to until the end of the season. How he connects into the story that would be fantastic. Um, also fantastic if you're in the UK, you can win one of Tommy's flat caps. So go to Peaky Blinders season six on Instagram to check that out. Only if you are in the UK, and it goes to. Uh, some sort of comic relief fund is is running this uh, this giveaway. So that's really cool. And then one other quote that has come out from a different article, and this was from the Scotsman, interviewing Charlene McKenna. You remember her? She was the uh, IRA boss that Tommy met down in the in the underground, and he really hated uh, the fucking douchebag that that she worked with. Remember? Uh, they like interrogated uh, him. It made us think yes, that he was yes, like yes, being yes, kidnapped, yes, but yes. really they're all working together. Yes. And that so, was like very early on. Yeah. And so she's been in the works here in season six, says we're having a really good time. I can say I'm working with Killian a lot, but other characters who aren't even revealed yet. So I can't say who they are. Makes you think the IRA is going to take, make a, have a pretty big role in this, in this season. She says, it's a useless show to talk about because there's nothing we can say, which is just hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> Captain Swing was peppered through season five when she kidnaps Michael. Oh, crap. Huge correction here. Not who I said it was. As I said, it, I'm like, oh, this might not be the person. This is yeah. before you, you guys at home are going to yell at your, your radio sets or your phones. This Charlene McKenna is a different IRA boss. This is the one that kidnapped Michael on the boat. So we really didn't see much okay. of her. It was only a couple scenes where wow. Gina and, and Michael got kidnapped on the way. And it was that whole thing with uh, holding him ransom and you know convincing him that they were going to have some sort of racketeering company. And instead, it's an IRA ploy to try to get Tommy Shelby. And then she says, oof, sorry about that, folks. She said, uh, in season six, all will be revealed. When I started mm -hmm. on Peaky Blinders, I thought I really don't like violence. And I still don't. It really upsets me, even though I know how it's shot, I know it's fake, and I'm in it. But if a character is particularly heinous, they will always get their comeuppance. And I know Tommy and Arthur have been awful, but I think they suffer psychologically as a result, and I think that's what makes it palatable. So, yeah, and it's... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Charlene McKenna. Um, apologies for that, everyone. You know, there are so are many okay? different IRA bosses. Yeah. Are you good? I'm, I'm shook that I made that mistake. And, everyone, and I, everyone. I'm 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 looking at Daniel right now and he's okay. I'm confirming if you guys are concerned. He he is okay. He he is with it. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. We're gonna be all right. Um I do <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about um a couple 
Peaky Blinders connections, either actors that have been in the news or maybe a name drop. For all you golf fans, the the Brit Lee Westwood, who has come in, you know, the top three or four in the last few tournaments, turns out, this is a fun one, tweeted by golfers doing things that he missed out on last year's Players' Championship, the one that only lasted one day, because he went to the Cheltenham Horse Racing freaking festival, which is epic. And that's what the Grace gets invited to by Tommy in the first season where she has to put on her red dress. And that's just, that makes me so happy to see. I, I actually did hear that. I was listening to a golf podcast the other day and they, they mentioned that he missed the players because he went to a, to a, to a soccer, to, a, to no, it was, was it a horse race? Or was it yeah. A horse racing, race? Cheltenham. Um, but I think he also missed it another year to go to a soccer match or something. So, so he's, Lee Westwood likes to, to uh, take in his uh, his British pastimes, I guess. But no, definitely, definitely, you know, it, excited for what you were referring to before with season six, how it displays, how it reveals all. Obviously, that's what we hope, but it doesn't leave us on a cliffhanger where we're guessing. But it's obviously going to be violent and it's going to be exciting and we're going to finally figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I, I trust Stephen Knight to pull it all together. Um, the other day marked one year from when they were supposed to start filming, and and there was a, a whole tribute and you know a reminder that they have a title for that first episode. It was a post by Peaky Blinders, and it was the production script from the first episode. It says Black Day, so there's always it's always something that's that's down in the dumps when it comes to Peaky. So that was cool, and there was also a photo taken of all of the. Um, smoking paraphernalia. There's like a bunch of the cigarettes that has the name Killian on it. They've got another box of non-menthol, another box of cigars. So all of the props are ready. And, you know, they're just, they're just chilling in the swing of things. Um, one last thing of note here in, in the opening of this episode, it was uh, confirmed by Charlie Murphy on, on a podcast that she did. She played Jesse Eden, confirmed that she will not be back for season six. I won't say that I necessarily will miss her. Yeah, no, I don't care. They, they really didn't do much with her after that major, you know, tease, right? At the end of the year, we had that, that big tease as Tommy's walking down the stairs at the end of season three and he becomes an MP and she's like there and you really think she's going to have a lot to do. And all she really was in season four was like, she was our, our eyes through it where she's like, Tommy, don't do this. Remember at the end, she's in the dressing room with him mm-hmm. as him and Arthur start to lose it. And so I, I, that makes me even more confident that we are going to do a time jump because it'd be kind of weird if we continue with where season four, season five, excuse me. Wow. Way off now. Season four. Wait, pause. Are oh my okay? goodness. Yeah, guys, we are not, we're going to power through this. We are not. <laughs> I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Make sure you're okay. Daniel's please, okay. Please proceed. No. Yeah. So season, the end of season five was when, you know, if they just continued from where season five ended, then we'd probably get a little bit of Jesse Eden. And it would only make sense because she was at the scene of the crime. Right. It feels like they're just going to jump ahead. All right. Reset here. Cool news. Cool news for our guy, Luca Changretta. And it, it, it kind of merges Josh and I's two loves of Peaky Blinders and sports because HBO has announced that they're going to be doing a 1980s Lakers series, a TV show about Pat Riley's Lakers the you know dynasty the, the 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 first 
you know, dynasty that I grew up like learning about in the NBA and the word three Pete, how that came out and, and Pat Riley is going to be played by the slick black haired wearing Adrian Brody. And that's just, that makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see a resemblance between the two, but I guess it's pretty close because if you want to play like a slick back. Yeah. Really he's got the cheekbone. They got guy, the, the, the slim cheeks. Yeah. I mean, we love Pat. If, for all that you don't know, Pat Riley uh, is a head was a head basketball coach. He played in the NBA as well. Uh, he is now the president of basketball operations for the Miami Heat, our beloved Miami Heat, which is our NBA team in uh, in, in Miami. And he has just propelled us to being one of the best franchises in in, in the NBA for the past twenty years. And he's made us a, like a very relevant basketball team. So we love Pat Riley, and we also love Luca Changretta. And Adrian Brody, he's yeah. a phenomenal actor. So that's gonna be that, that's gonna be fun to watch. We'll we'll definitely break that down. I just I just rewatched the Grand Budapest Hotel, and it was it's just great to see Adrian Brody, it, it, Ralph right. Ralph Fiennes as well. He's he's phenomenal. And so you know, peaky talk, not too much of it here today, aside from those little notes. But Josh and I did want to kind of talk about some other things that we're watching. As always, there's a lot of peaky connections. First off, I mentioned in my last in our last episode that I watched Stephen Knight's movie Lockdown with Anne Hathaway and I think that was in our Patreon and uh it's not great it's it's not great it's the first movie I've seen that like takes place during COVID and they make it a big point of emphasis and I I haven't finished it yet I'm not sure I'm going to finish it it's got Chiwetel uh Itoue the guy from 13 Years a Slave who's really good and he's kind of losing his mind and him and Anne Hathaway break up, but they're still living together because of COVID. And it's like right in the heart of COVID in, in London when it was peaking and nobody was going outside. And it's like heist movie is about, it's about to turn into a heist movie, but it didn't really grab me. Um, so I decided to continue with the Stephen Knight binge. And I watched the Jason Momoa show on Apple TV called C. Have you heard about this? This was one of their first I'm shows not, they came out no, with. I'm Jason not. Momoa, of course, from Game of Thrones. Um, it's cool. It, you know, it's, it's definitely creative. It's about a, you know, a post not apocalyptic, but like a virus kills like 98% of humans on earth and everyone that survives the rest, the other 2 million are all blind. Ooh. And the idea of vision 300 years in the future is like a myth. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it's well shot. It's eight episodes. I would say that you could give it a try I'm about to finish it. I'm on the last episode and just Stephen Knight does a great job just tying everything together. You know, it's the same thing that we're expecting here in Peaky Blinders. And for a show that I'm only hoping will be one season, it doesn't feel to me like it's going to be a blockbuster style show. It's Jason Momoa is great. I mean, he's, he's a hunk and, and he's one of those guys like the rock. That's like when they're on the screen, they captivate the audience and I'm captivated by it. So those are a couple of the things that I've been watching a little Stephen Knight thrown into my, uh, my evenings. Josh, huge news. You finally started something I've been asking you to watch. I finally started Ted Lasso. My number one show of 2020. It's a very good show. However, because we are in the business of critiquing everything. Oh, you're going to start negative. We're going to start negative. I I said it's a great show. I started off saying it's a great show. Okay. Very good show. You said, but. But it's a little corny sometimes. Like overly corny can you agree with me you have to have an open mind here daniel sure but it's like genuinely happy all the time and it's okay to be corny 
why are you like what what makes it like the most genuine show ever like like that i don't get because every time we watch tv something is like there's always something bad that happens right like a, a girl gets kidnapped or murdered or raped and there's just like always something that swings and we see i'm just saying all of the shows that we watch no, there's not, there's not in every show we watch. Almost every show. Yeah, it has something that's like, and then you see, and there's a character that they convince you to like, and then there's a twist. But in Ted Lasso, every time you think that there's going to be a twist and you think that, you know, the owner of the team is going to do something bad, she doesn't. And you think that Ted Lasso is going to do something bad and he doesn't. And it's just, I don't know. It was just one of those shows okay. where yes. I agree, but there are some bad things that happen, like, like, I don't want yeah, to it, it does get real. The, the you, gets real dusty. If you haven't watched Ted, Ted Lasso, stop listening because I'm about to give you spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay, proceeding. Like when, when it goes through the stuff about his divorce and stuff, like that's like – It's that, deep. That's not, that's not like good. That's why it's the best show because it can find a way to weave in, you know, heartbreaking real-life tragedies – but then one minute later, just make you smile because everyone's nice. You know, like just even the mean people, like even Jamie Tart, you know, like you haven't finished it, but like everyone's just, everyone's yeah, just nice. It's really good. I think the acting is great. I think that they, they do a really good job of throwing in like little jokes here and there. Like, for example, when like Jamie goes over to, to, to Keely's house and she's like, how, like oh, like, how, how was your game? And she's like, he's like, yeah, I had 12 dribbles, four passes. Scored a had a free kick in the ninth minute. Scored a goal. Got a half chub. Like that. That was hilarious. Like it was like, like you weren't expecting that coming. You know what I mean? It's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. But we'll we'll wait. We'll wait, and we, we could you know really dive in once you finish it. Um, watching anything else, Josh? No, I haven't really. I've been, I've been watching South Park as I said. Yeah, the vaccination. I watched, I, I watched the vaccination special. It was pretty spot on. It was really good. There, it just shows you how brilliant Trey Parker and Matt and Matt Stone are at hitting the hitting the nail on the, the current head. events. It's just right. so perfect, especially because of like all this stuff with like thinking. It's just all perfect, and we I don't know I don't know if we have to say it, but like we are an anti Q podcast. Yes, we are very anti QAnon. Yeah, we are. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. They they did such a good job of making fun of just like those that demographic of our country like so so spot on i think what they do beautifully is they make fun of all the demographics right it's like you have to be able to laugh at yourself to enjoy south park and so that's been fun i got lost in the voice recently which was a show i watched like 10 years ago when i was you know growing up and i've been watching the last few seasons like on hulu and it's it's just so fun i like it's, music yeah. the grammys was enjoyable to watch it was like for the first time it was just a music festival. You know what Daniel I mean? One performance loved, after the other. Daniel loved watching Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's performance. That was interesting. You know what? The fact that that was on CBS was definitely interesting. Right? It, no, I was like, they're showing this on national TV right now. Like, could you, like, like, what is going on? It was. But at the same time, so is Shakira and J-Lo's halftime absolutely, show. For sure. And it, it has the same reaction. This is wild. I mean. I respect them for, for not giving a fuck, but it was great. I thought Post Malone was fantastic. I really think Dua Lipa stole the show. Oh, she's amazing. I'm a huge fan. I didn't really even know. I don't think that she was British. You know what I mean? Like uh, dumb Americans. We are all always constantly blown away when an amazing British performer 
whether it be on TV, movies, or music, is just not American. Because like no, Daniel Kaluuya is the perfect example, right? Like Judas and the Black Messiah, he was incredible. How is he not American? And I don't know if you ever you ever seen the show All American or you know it. It's a, I've, I've it's seen a couple American. episodes. Yeah, why is the main guy the main, British? The main guy is British. You guys Spencer, are crazy Spencer over is, there. Spencer is British. That's that's so that's amazing. Like the, the talent to do that. Holy cow! So cool. Yeah, so cool. that is that is fun. So there's that. Um, the Grammys happened. The Oscar nominations came out. Emma did get a few nods, which is cool. A little, you know, Anya Taylor Joy connection. She did not get nominated though. Um, she did win the Golden Globe, which is fantastic for uh, for her work in The Queen's Gambit. I'm watching uh, The Nick, which is an older show um, about like 1920s medicine. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. It's just something where if anyone you listened, were, you were watching the Netflix thing today, you sent me a Snapchat of Ooh, the, yeah, the, the college admission scandal, the college admission scandal. How was that? Incredible. I, is it just one episode? It's just some documentary. So it's an hour and a half. And uh, it's just something that like, I remember reading about and it's like, Oh, Lori Laughlin from uh, full house. She got arrested because she got her daughter into USC. Right. I'm like, Oh wow. That's crazy. And then I just saw like, Oh, 30 people got, this is whatever a year and a half ago. And then, uh, and then I love waiting for documentaries to come out about things like that. So it's been, it's been crazy to read about this dude, Rick, who uh, for years just like made millions of dollars by, and it's, it's incredible to think about. He just pretended like your kid was on like a water polo team in high school. And then he paid the water polo coach at USC, who was like one of the best water polo coaches in the country to just give him like a walk-on kind of scholarship, like basically say, oh, he's coming to our team. So just accept him to the school. And then he would just get dozens and dozens of people into colleges like USC and um, Harvard and Yale. The Yale soccer coach took over $800,000. Like it is wild that people oh will God. just accept bribes. And the coolest part about this documentary on Netflix is that all of the words that they, they hired actors, but all of the words are from wiretaps. So they, they tapped this guy's phone for, I don't know, months and months. So everything that's spoken in the show is transcribed Whoa. from wiretaps. So I like that a lot. It was, there's no, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of creativity involved, but not much. That's, that's super cool. I'm very excited to watch that. I do like the, like just like an hour and a half documentary kind of thing. Knock it out. In and out. It's not like an eight episode documentary series that's dragging on too long. I like that. Definitely going to check that out. I think there was an Another one about like murder of the Mormons or something like that. Yes, I've got that added to my list. That one's got like five episodes in it. That. Yeah, but that one is about, is about this this crate. I think it's kind of like cult oriented, no? Yes, but I think it's hooked. it's the Mormons. It, it's not a cult. It's a religion. So it's kind of like no, how, but no, but no, I know, but he kind of takes it to like an extreme. It's not. Yeah, just like I the think Mormon what religion. I think what it is is it's a conspiracy that is okay. proved correct that the Mormons hid documents. That's at least from the, from the trailer. We'll have to go a little bit more into that, but I'm not sure if there is a cult aspect or not, but I think it's like a group of people inside the Mormons that hid all these documents for hundreds and hundreds of years or so passed it down. But I'm excited. There's like a, there's a murder involved. Obviously I think it's called murder of the Mormons or something like that. So that's cool. Definitely interesting. Do you have interest in this uh, Falcon and the winter soldier that comes out on Friday, the new Marvel show? I'm not a Marvel guy at all. Yeah. Well, I'll let you guys know how it is. I don't have high hopes. I don't think it's going to be a WandaVision kind of success. Yeah, I mean, but like going back to, to Ted Lasso, because like I don't want like it to be like that I hated the show. It's amazing. Like I think it's a really good show. I think it's hilarious. I think that Nate 
Like, like, like Ted Lasso is really good because it, its side characters are great. Like, yes. it's not just Jason Sudeikis that's stealing the show. Like, Ted Lasso is stealing the show. But it's characters like Nate, who's, like, the team like, manager, like, equipment manager, I guess, is his role. Yeah. Like, he's great. Samuel Obatanye, which is one of the players. He's, like, a Nigerian player. He's hilarious. He's, like, super – honestly, it's, like, it's like cute. Like, he, he's, like, super genuine. He's he super is adorable. Nice. Then you got, like, Roy Kent, who's, like, a completely different character. And then Rebecca, the team owner – who, shame. who is shame. the shame the shame lady from game of thrones that's what she'll forever be known as the shame lady yep she is great she's got a great voice too she um, is a figure you know what i mean like she just yeah. is she has a presence booming. yeah she does she, she has is. a presence she has like captivating she's, she's a she's a tall woman she's like she's very she's very confident when she speaks she's 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 powerful she's really good at, at her role I, I i really like her character a lot um, it's just a really good show. What about really what about like Higgins? It. Can't forget Higgins, oh, dude. Dude, you are Higgins. And for everyone who doesn't know, today me and Daniel were texting about the show, and I told him that if I had to compare him to one character, he's Higgins. Daniel's character comp is Higgins. Higgins is the assistant owner, right? The, maybe the assistant to the is owner. He, no, he's the assistant. He's he's her assistant. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's her assistant or she no, just is. takes advantage of him. I really think that he has a prominent role in the in the program but he she just uses him as his, as her bitch maybe he's like director of like soccer oh no no yeah. no oh he is he's, he's director of soccer he's operations he's the director of soccer operations that is his that is actually his, his <laughs> how did and, i forget that the best parts are when he is like just sitting at home with his family and, and she and, and she thinks that he's like in his office and she's yeah. like, Higgins, come up here now. And he's like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah. He just like he's runs like, to work. He's like, are you here? He's like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I'll be there I'm in a minute. Upstairs. <laughs> he just knows that she'll never leave to go check out where he is. But yeah, he's got a loving family. I'd be more than happy to be Higgins. Last thing about Ted Lasso, and probably one of the last things we'll talk about here. How cool is just the whole Biscuit storyline? Oh, yeah. It's just incredible to, like, to find just- out. She's so if, just going to town on those biscuits. So if, if you don't watch this show, and you know what? I, I commend you, because you just like hearing Josh and I talk, even if we're talking about a show <laughs> that you don't watch. But I do that for podcasters that I listen to if they're talking about shows and movies. I just enjoy being with them in a room, and I think that's what this podcast community is all about. So I want to say that we are with you. We love you. But this owner of a soccer team who inherited it from her divorced husband Who's like hates worst. him. Yeah, he's a he's a tool bag. Cheated on her, you know, constantly dating teenagers. Hates him and found the only way that she could like win this debate between them, you know, like lifelong hatred or whatever, is to make his team, his favorite team suck. So she hires an American football coach, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, which was based off of a, you know, 2014 commercial that NBC ran to promote their their Premier League coverage. And, you know, he Jason Sudeikis helped turn it with, with the Scrubs a creator into a TV show. And so he comes in on the first day of work basically and is like, hey boss, we're gonna we're gonna have one-on-one time every day. And she's like, no way, can't do that. He gives her these biscuits and she can she's clearly like in shape in her 40s, never eats, you know, snack food, junk food, eats a biscuit and like melts because it reminds her of childhood. And it's like the greatest biscuit she's had in decades. And everyone's had that taste of something where you're like, oh my goodness, like I need more. And she sends her assistant Higgins on a journey throughout a couple episodes to find out where this biscuit is made. And it turns out 
that Ted Lasso makes the biscuits. Of course he does. It's incredible. And every day, the only reason that she talks to him is because he brings the biscuits pretty much. She can't say no to the biscuits. It's, it's very funny. And she goes to town on the biscuits. Like she doesn't just like, she noms on the scarfs. Biscuits. Scarfs they look the really delicious. I kind of want to try them. So I, I am curious if they're like, uh, like what, what kind of biscuits, you know what I mean? Like, are, do you think like Americans, I think we use a different word for biscuits. You know what I mean? Like we're going to a Southern breakfast place and we get biscuits. Like there's a place called flying biscuit where Josh and I went to college and they had fantastic biscuits with this like yeah. apple, honey, butter, so jam. Oh, it's so good. But I don't, I don't think what he's, I think these are cookies. No, they're, they're, they're definitely like a pastry. They're no, I think like they're cookies. That's that's a pa- like that's similar to the pastry. Oh well, I think pastry is like a Danish or like a oh, croissant. Whatever. Yeah, very important conversation we, here, guys. We we, we are off the tracks. We started this episode talking about Peaky Blinders news, and we have now turned into uh, pastries versus versus biscuits. So anyone that's still listening, that is, you know, located in the UK, let us know what they mean by biscuits. What is a biscuit to you? Know, Maybe different people, because to me, a biscuit is a flaky, you know starch that i eat with breakfast sometimes and maybe put like a we, chicken a chicken in the middle at chick-fil-a are we turning this into a british baking show podcast i have I, never seen it oh i love so i need to watch this is what we're gonna wrap up on me and my girlfriend in the beginning of quarantine well she loved she she turned around to the show and we started she started baking while i like kind of just like watched i thought i was helping but you I, didn't just watch you, you ate no i i, I ate and, and we and we did we baked so much, and one of my uh, coworkers from a couple, couple, uh, couple summers ago, his girlfriend took it upon herself to kind of have like this like British baking show challenge. That's great. And she put it together on Instagram, and every week would be like a new would be like a new challenge between like random people, and it was like twenty people would, would like compete in it, and then people would vote, and it was super fun. So, we I I'm I'm a very big fan of the British Baking Show. Okay, so give me tell me what. What is the Great British Baking Show? I I, I haven't watched any so, minute of any episode. Like, so it starts with like fifteen competitors or so, and each episode they do three bakes, and it's okay. like different. So it's like different kind of bakes. So one is like like the the hosts like tell you what you're baking, so everyone bakes the same thing, and it's like then 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 they judge, um, then. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of like like losing track because I haven't seen it in a while. But then w- one of them is like. They, they, they like tell you what to bake and then they like don't know who made it and they blindly pick like, oh, this one's one, this one's two, this one's three, this one's four. And then the last one is like, oh, it's like a theme. And then everyone puts their own twist on it. Like everyone's making different things. Like they bring in, like they know going into it, oh, I'm making this before the show. And then every week it like weeds them out. So you say baking, this is for desserts, right? Not cooking. Straight up. It's dessert. not a cooking show. It's a no, it's dessert show. I mean, like there are like it's not just dessert sometimes they have like but it's uh, never like food food like meat never, or anything never really no okay kind see that, no. that might that might draw me in a little bit more i always have a trouble with cooking shows because it just i just want to eat you know like i just always like i i can't even watch movies without like munching on something and this was something i realized the other day where it's like i eat after dinner six days a week like something like popcorn or pretzel hard not to. or just, just cause I think I was raised where we'd go to Dave and I mean, we'd go to blockbuster, not Dave and busters. We'd go to blockbuster. My brother, my sister and I would each pick out a movie. And this was like once a week, we'd each pick out a movie and we get like 
that big family sized popcorn that would like pop inside the bucket and we'd each get a candy and we'd watch the movies and we'd eat one candy per night that we got. And it was like, you eat while you watch. And so now I just, I, I can't not munch on things while I'm watching, especially if I'm going to watch delicious food being cooked. Like I want that food and I don't have the money to spend to go buy that food. So it's like, I, I would have to cook the food. And that it's, is not easy. No, these, these bakers are like, yeah, I'm never going to cook. That's the, and the thing. They're also doing it under like time restrictions. So like they have to be very quick and it's insane how they're doing this. And they're doing it like in a, in a, in a like underneath like a, a tent in like this, in, in like the British summer. And it's like super hot. And they're like sweating. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm just never going to cook to that level. I like cooking. And I like cooking healthy. I, I don't usually, and so like watching them like, oh, put half a stick of butter into this and then put a bunch of sugar and salt. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch that being made because then I'll feel worse about eating it. I'd rather just order it at a restaurant. So that's been baking. Uh, biscuits, I think are going to be like uh, shortbread cookies. That's my guess, by the way, coming back to home base here. I think that's like, you know, like those um, Lorna Dorn, does that, does that ring any bells? Like yes. we get it at the vending machine in like middle yeah, school. Yeah. And those, I think that's what the biscuit, that, that's my it's guess. A very, very sketchy vending machine. Yes. Value, I just made know, that we're reference. Not judge here. We're not, we're not going to judge. I just made the reference that maybe 12 people will understand. But honestly, <laughs> if 12 people can reminisce to the Lorna Dorn days, maybe have it with like a, a cherry Coke or something. Cause like your, your parents aren't there. So you can get some Coke while you're in your after school tutoring session or whatever, like uh, math, math, uh, elites, I think was where I would get Lauren Adorn or like maybe some pretzels, but, oh, well, that's, uh, that's my biscuit experience, Josh. Sounds, sounds like, sounds like you had a great time. <laughs> sounds like you were, you, you were, you were privileged. I think this one, I think this one guys is going to go up there on the mantle in terms of episodes. So I hope that's you episode. Enjoy. I enjoy, I enjoy, I'm saying, I think it's on the mantle. So I hope everyone enjoyed listening. We'll talk again soon. As always, you can catch us on facebook.com slash peaky podcast. Shoot us that email about the biscuits at B-O-O-T peaky blinders at gmail.com. Leave us a review, rate us in the app store, and maybe check out patreon.com slash by order of peaky. We are running a, a cool little special that if you are already a Patreon patron or you want to become one and you refer someone and you message us saying, hey, I referred Joe you know, Smith to be a patron, we're going to give you two free months. So why don't, why don't we, we, sh we spread a little bit of love here in, in the dog days of the off season as we wait for more leaks from Peaky Blinders. That's going to wrap up this show. He's Josh. I'm Daniel. And we binge so you don't have to.